Hey everyone, what's going on? You've tuned into another episode of Marking Out the Days Weekend Warriors Episode 18 covering WWF Superstars and WCW Saturday Night from August the 22nd, 1992. This is Episode 18. I am one of your hosts, Dave Rosenbluth, and joining me as always, the artiste of the Retromania Pro Wrestling podcast network himself my good buddy kobe Nido. what's up man oh yes dave i want to show you marking out the days weekend warriors i have a picture to paint for you oh yeah uh, yeah no Ah, uh, yeah here here we are dude back <laughs> reunited again um it feels good to get on this uh magic school bus of professional wrestling podcast if you will um, 18 weeks, 18 weeks. It feels like, feels like a long time, right? Well, yeah. I mean, we've kind of toyed with, you know, this collaboration on a number of different levels. Uh, you know, in the beginning we covered everything under the sun on this date, um, or oh, on, yeah. on these specific dates to the point where, you know, where, you know, both, you know, crying ad nauseum (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) and we had some and and, you know we had some fun times we were just you know kind of testing things out but i mean we've gotten a really good rhythm with this uh this uh you know concept here covering saturday night and superstars and so um here we are um reunited and it feels so good um reunited because it's a copyrighted song and i don't want to get sued and be misunderstood (laughs) so uh to take a page from from your book last week yeah, so, I mean this. Yeah. Is, this is you know it's it's been a it's, it's as the Grateful Dead would say it's been a long strange trip, but it's been a good one. So um, I, I've been really Indeed. enjoying this, and uh, as we've gotten deeper and deeper into this journey of 1992 between WWF Superstars and WCW Saturday Night. Um, there's been some things that I fondly remember, and then there's been some things where I've been like, "What the fuck? Did that happened? I don't remember that." You know? Absolutely. So it's been a, it's it's been pretty cool going back and watching um, a lot of this content here, and then recapping it with you. So uh, I look forward to uh, you know continuing this journey as always. Of course, Dave, and it's always fun to join you as well in your podcast kicking out at two you want to let the fans know before we get started on this journey uh what's going on last week this week and next week going well, on at kicking out at two well thank you very much uh you know it's always a pleasure having you on um and uh you know, offering your your brand of opinion in nostalgic fashion on kicking out at two for those of you that are wondering kicking out at two is a nostalgic pro wrestling podcast covering the 80s 90s and mid to early 2000s in reimagined fashion by yours truly and last week we covered SummerSlam 2004 the 15 year anniversary with our trading places series where we took all the matches and we flipped the results and we mapped out the trajectories of the winners and losers. What if Randy Orton was unable to have become the youngest world heavyweight champion at SummerSlam? Mm. What if Undertaker defeated JBL to become the WWE champion? We mm. ponder all of those questions and then some. You can find that over in the archives at the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network over on Podbean. 
this week, you actually joined me on this week's podcast for the yes. My Favorites Collection with Bret Hart and Owen Hart from SummerSlam 1994, the Steel Cage Showdown. It's my favorite Steel Cage match. We watched that match uh, from beginning to end on the WWE Network. We talk about uh, you know the history of their rivalry as well as um, you know Bret's thoughts on this match from some chapters in his book. It's been, it, it was a, it was a fun ride uh, with you as always, and uh, you guys can find that show also on the. Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network over on Podbean. Um, and then next week, over on the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network, over on Podbean, on Kicking Out It Too. That's a mouthful. Uh, <laughs> um, I debut a new concept called the Blind Date Diaries, where I take an event that I've never watched before, and I sit down and I watch it from beginning to end, and then I'll recap it for you guys, and I'll tell you whether it was a good show or a bad show. Um, you know, I used to be a single guy. I was on some blind dates once once upon a time, way back in the day, and I've been on some good ones, and I've been on some real shitty ones. So uh, that's the that's the uh, the the uh, the brainchild behind this concept, blind date diary. So I'll uh, I'll tell you whether this blind date covering the big event from the WWF in 1986 was a good blind date or a bad blind date. That show is headlined by Hulk Hogan, Mr. Wonderful, Paul Ondra for the WWF Championship. You had Jake the Snake and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in a snake pit match. The Heenan family versus Captain Lou Albano and the Machines and all kinds of other craptacular stuff on that event from August the 28th, 1986. That is the Blind Date Diaries, and awesome. uh, that is uh, that is what's going on in the land of kicking out of two. Facebook, hit the like button. Facebook.com forward slash hit the like button, as well as our Twitter. Give us a follow at kicking out two K I C K N O U T and the number two. And that is all when it comes to kicking out of two. What about you, man? What's going What's going on in your neck of the woods? Gaijin, Origins of Attitude, Hulkamania is dead. Let everybody know what's going on with you, my friend. Yeah, as always, you can find that back catalog of Origin of Attitude and uh, Hulkamania is dead, which is still set to re-debut. The second part of the season for Hulkamania is dead will appear again. Uh, but Origin of Attitude takes you through the storyline of Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Vince McMahon. The origin of attitude, the seeds that were planted. Jimmy and I take you back all the way through 1995 through about 1997. It's a great ride. Uh, 13 er, episodes or so. And uh, you can enjoy that all there on the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network archive, as well as Hulkamania is dead. That's right. We rebook the WWF territory without Hulk Hogan. What if he got his leg broken in 1984 by the Iron Sheik and he couldn't compete? He oh, didn't yes, want to blah, compete. Blah. Oh. Uh, yeah, exactly. Oh. He humbled him. Fuck you. I break. I break. Vanganya, Mr. Vanganya, he make me break the Hulk Hogan leg and fuck him in the ass. Yeah. And uh, from 1984 until 1993, Jimmy and I have rebooked the WWF territory. We're about 1991 right now, just finishing up WrestleMania 6. So everybody, stay tuned. There will be more episodes of that. And then, as always, as Dave mentioned, Gaijin Wrestling Radio. That's where Gaijin means foreigner. So uh, we take you on a foreign route where I kind of 
like give you tutelage and background knowledge. Uh, it's it's for the casual fan or in-depth fan, if you want, to take a look back at a uh, New Japan ROH or uh, NXT or All Japan or any type of Noah, uh, any type of foreign wrestling um, entity. We take a look back at a match, and then we kind of dissect it and watch over it as well. Dave is going to be joining me these past couple of months, helping me catch back up, because I did it by myself, and it was just, guys, it was plain boring. Talking to myself sucks, right, Dave? Yeah, uh, I, I do it all the time. It's called being married. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I'm just kidding. I love my wife. Um, yeah. But um, you know, man, I'm looking forward to it. Something different. You're gonna—I mean, you're gonna be taking the lead on these, man. I'll tell you that. I, you know, I'm gonna Absolutely. watch. As, I'm gonna watch as a, as, a, as a fresh set of eyes. But I'm gonna be asking you a lot of questions, and you, you certainly won't be bored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be a good time. Uh, we'll we'll watch along with some matches, and it'll be a good like insight into um, these foreign wrestling. Basically, these old school matches that kind of built the foundation for what we kind of watch today in wrestling. Um, You're going to become familiar with a lot of uh, wrestling matches that have built the foundation for what we watch today is basically what I'm trying to say again and again. Um, You're going to watch the first IWGP heavyweight championship match with me. That's going to be Antonio Noki against Hulk Hogan. For the first, yeah. That's 1984. Wow, all right. So you and I are going to watch that together. Uh, That'll be a great match. Stay tuned, everybody. And then, as always, um, on Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network, we have Marking Out the Days where we cover the Saturday Night Wars that were before the Monday Night Wars that were before the Wednesday Night Wars. It's... (laughs) WWF (laughs) superstars yeah I know right against WCW Saturday Night and you and I have covered this for the last 18 weeks but we've uh, gotten to it deeper and deeper and I hope I hope I hope that the uh, WWE Network steps up their game and they uh, add some more WWF superstars tapings so that we can finish this out throughout the year because we only have up until December through this right now December and the we're 5th to be exact yeah, yeah exactly but, um, I, but, but I will say um, you know, not to put you on the spot here but for our listeners that enjoy this concept if we can't go head to head with superstars on Saturday night um, they WWE Network did extend the library of the WCW Saturday Night Programming till um, May of 1993 so I would love to continue doing this um, yeah. even if that means we're just going to cover one show it'll just kind of be like an extended version um, for now we'll just hold our four horsemen yeah we're gonna we are, we're gonna cross all four of our fingers in hopes that um <laughs> in, in in hopes that uh you know WWE Network um you know decides to smarten us up I mean I'll be honest with you um there's a lot of things on the network I'd love to see, but you know, as an adult, realistically, um, I think a lot of that's got to do with licensing for music and uh, different footage and things like that. Um, that takes a little bit of time, if you get, especially you get, when you got to comb through all that shit. I know that um, on a recent, uh, one of the recent editions of the WCW Saturday Night catalog, um, they had to reduce an episode of um, 
of Saturday night because there was a Sylvester Stallone interview um, with oh, Jesse wow. the Body Ventura, um, plus a... Um, Hold on, we, we actually have footage, or actually audio of that right now. Oh, yeah? So, uh, Sylvester, how you doing, buddy? All right, that was it. Yeah. Oh, that was that was some groundbreaking stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, apparently that interview took place on the set of uh, Demolition Man. Um, I believe Jesse was a part of that movie as well. So they cut yes. that from the network. Uh, a match from Japan, the movie trailer for that movie Demolition wow. Man, and then highlights from a CNN dinner. I don't know what they're they're I don't know what that was all about, but that's what I heard recently um, that wow. they cut all that stuff out of that episode. So they had reduced it. Uh, they reduced the running time. So that was the missing footage from that episode. So I know that like a lot of times it's like licensing issues with music. Yeah, like or, you said, a lot of stuff to comb through. Yeah. So, but um, uh, hire me. Hire yeah, me and Dave. I know that would uh, be fucking like, great. I would. That'd be a dream job. You and I would just hit each other up every day. Like, did you watch this? Yeah. Did you see this? Like, we could just go through it all the time. And just I live. Edit. I live about an hour and some change away from Stanford. It. So book it. Yeah, Let's go. That, that's not yeah. a problem. I actually once dated a girl years ago whose mother worked for ESPN, and she used to have to watch. Close pro- enough. She used to have to watch programming um, on ESPN. And uh, time the commercials. AWA. Out. No, just like like random stuff. Like oh, okay. it, could, it could have been like a boxing fight or like a ra- like a NASCAR race or. And she had to. She used to sit at home and she used to have to time the commercials out. How long in between the commercial breaks, going into them, coming back, things like that, depending on the programming. Because sometimes commercial breaks are structured differently with different sports: basketball, baseball, stuff like that. So I used yeah. to find I used to find that fascinating. Sometimes when I'd be over her house, her mother would have to have the TV on, and would it would have to be on ESPN to. And I thought because she, she likes sports, but this was like some fucking side job of hers. I don't know what the fuck she did otherwise. Um, and that's interesting, that was, Dave. That the coolest shit in the world but um yeah we're about the 14 15 uh before we get to 15 minutes dave do you like omaha steaks do i like omaha steaks i've never had an omaha steaks uh, before i'm trying to get to the commercial dude oh no. okay um uh <laughs> so, that was yeah. a good that was a good little uh improv there i i i could appreciate that <laughs> i could appreciate that uh, but before, that's crazy before but turns, yeah it turns the yeah. shit off yeah like, counting so. the commercials and everything but uh counting the downloads i want to thank everybody who's uh recently downloaded all our podcasts i mean dave we've hit a we've hit a frequent uh, a new wave of listeners, if you will. Yeah, yeah, it's been cool. Between this show, marking out the days and all the downloads that that's been getting, as well as kicking out it too. Um, yeah, man, thank thank you all for 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 listening to two wrestling fans just uh, you know j- j- you know jibber jabber it up uh, on a weekly basis. It's been a well, lot. Well, yeah, fun. and I hope you guys enjoy this. This is a retrospective podcast where you can always listen to it at any time. It's evergreen. You can always go back anytime to any episode. It doesn't feel old at all. Um, it feels new because we're. We're reviewing old stuff. We're going back on old stuff, but we're giving you the the take of what you feel right now. You know, it's mm-hmm. nostalgia, one hundred percent recycled. Yep, absolutely. Uh, that's what we do here. Um, 
So Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network, as always, you can find all those old podcasts that I was talking about and the archive and all the new stuff coming up, the 0.5 episodes that Dave and I have been doing with special guests as well uh, popping up here and there. Um, they'll be coming up on your feed. Just stay tuned. Um, everything there, you can find us on Facebook if you want to join the community with some pictures and memes and videos all that cool stuff i add a lot of stuff every week basically um at retromania with the w if you want to join the fun on twitter at retromania pod and if you want to write to us at retromania podcast at gmail.com otherwise look us up on any podcast app by searching retromania with a w that's right retromania with the w w r e t R-O-M-A-N-I-A. I don't know how else to spell it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, you ready? Yes, I am ready. Let's do this, man. We are we are uh we're, we're headed to WWF Superstars, August the twenty second, nineteen ninety two. And we open with the traditional green screen um promo with Vince McMahon and Mr. Perfect looking like that they're at the broadcast booth with the crowd in the background um, and Vince is demanding that Mr. Perfect um, tell the audience and tell the whole world whose corner he's going to be in at SummerSlam is it going to be the Warriors or is it going to be Macho Man's well, well I'll tell you Vince I'll tell you Vince it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be well who is it it's going to be it's gonna be in the winner's corner. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was that was a nice little touch to open up the show to kinda of like set I the tone it. for milked you know. It. Yeah. yeah, what'd you think of it? It was good. He milked it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a good it was a good it, milk job. Um, it's real it's really making me think of Mr. Perfect, like, is he gonna like come back into the ring? Yep. Though. You know? Yeah, there was a there was and and you know what going back and remembering this from you know watching this when i was a kid i didn't realize it then that i do now but this was more this this was centered more around mr perfect than it was rick flair rick flair was almost yes. an afterthought in this and that's strange mm-hmm. for someone like rick flair so I, I found that to be fascinating um vince then runs down the card that we have on the show as uh with the repo man and the beverly brothers taking on the bushwhackers and hacksaw jim duggan crush nails mm-hmm. brett the hitman heart and Razor ramon are all in action on this episode of superstars and we open with the repo man and the beverly brothers defeating the bushwhackers and haps hacksaw jim duggan excuse me stumbling on my words once again um this was a fun match. I mean, you yeah, know, six it, man tag. I liked it. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't, you know, I didn't really have any complaints about it. Um, standard, you know, Bushwhackers and Duggan, you know, the brawlers that they are, just kind of um, using their unorthodox style to get over on the baby face or the heels, I should say, and then the heels, you know, cheating to 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 win the match, as we saw. Um, Bo Beverly or Blake Beverly, I can't tell which one it is, uh, uses the genius's poem clipboard to nail Luke uh, of the Bushwhackers for the victory. Um, like I said, it was a uh, it was a short match, but it was a fun way to open the show, and the yeah. crowd was into it. Two um, things, though. I mean, yeah, yeah. You're, you're gonna hit you're gonna hit one of the Bushwhackers in the head with the clipboard. Doesn't Correct. work for me. Uh, he should already eat through the clipboard. Anyhow, <laughs> uh, okay. Repo Man. He should steal like Jim Duggan's two by four. Like, why not? Like, 
if he's the repo man, why not steal more stuff? You know? That's a that's good what point. I don't, you know, that's what I okay. didn't like I, about him. I, I dig that. I can get behind that. I can honestly get behind that. That's that's a that's a good point. Um, yeah. Why not? Why, why not add more stuff to your to your collection of things? But, you know what I mean? Yeah, but like you said, this is a one-off match, kind of, before we get to SummerSlam. Yeah, pretty much. This was. Um, yeah, there wasn't really any rhyme or reason for putting this match together. I guess this was, you know, one of the rare occasions on Superstars where we had like, you know, two uh, a matchup with, you know, not without involving an enhancement talent. Um, so, mm-hmm. but I mean, it was still. I I'm surprised that this wasn't the main event just because it was in, it it was two teams that were involving that didn't involve the enhancement talent. Excuse me. Me too. And I'm thinking like. We'll get we'll get into it as we go further in this taping. I'm thinking they that they taped um, the four weeks and this was the main event of like one night, and then they were like, "No, we need to restructure the booking since that's we a, restructured the booking on SummerSlam." And yeah, we'll go into it further as we go that is in a this good, episode. That's a good little theory there. Um, we get the uh, WWF Magazine update with Jin Min, um, and he recaps <laughs> the events that had transpired last week with the alter last few weeks in the Ultimate Warrior Randy Savage buildup to SummerSlam and who's going to take the deal with Mr. Perfect. Um, they show the footage of uh, two weeks prior with Flair and Warrior, then with Perfect and Savage and, you know, all the, uh, the, the, the shit stirring that's been going on there. And then we get, uh, you know, a couple of uh, studio promos from both Savage and Warrior. Basically, basically they said that they're going to leave SummerSlam with the WWF Championship regardless of whose corner Mr. Perfect is in. Um, yeah, almost in a way, both kind of ignoring him, um, which I kind of liked. Um, they they kind of like, they, they brought one point to him and that was it. And the rest yeah. was kind of like, you know, warrior, macho, you know, like they were like singling each other out. Yeah. And it was, it was a great face and face promo. I loved it. It, it, it almost in a way, um, kind of foreshadowed what the finish of that SummerSlam eventually would be is that neither of those individuals mm-hmm. had Mr. Perfect in their corner. So it was almost Spoiler. like, yeah, sorry. No. I know I'm a dick like that, but um, it, it doesn't, it feel weird. Like real time right now. We just watched SummerSlam maybe two weeks ago on yep. WWE. And now we're still getting to SummerSlam on marking out the days. It's weird yeah, having it, it so late in the summer. I remember being so late in the summer, and I just remember I remember SummerSlam 1994 was the last night of summer before I started the fifth grade or the sixth grade. Okay, like I, I my parents let me stay up for it, which I was surprised, but I had to go to school the next day. It was my oh, first wow. day of sixth grade. Like, yeah, it was wild. Um, I remember SummerSlams being on Monday evenings um, in the early Crazy. days, and how they would conflict with school because school would start like a day or two later mm-hmm. um so yeah it's but it is kind of strange how like it was so early this year and it's always been so tr- it's it as the years have gone on it started out being like the like the last weekend in the summer and now it's yeah. like gradually built to like where it was like the second week in august this year so that's yeah. pretty crazy um, but this this face and face encounter it, it, it's 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 certainly Certainly something else for the booking because we had to, it, it almost seemed like they were like, all right, 
we got this new booking. You guys got to do your best job. And Savage did his best job. He pulled his glasses off. We see his real eyes, uh, which are beautiful, by the way. Yes. Uh, which I mentioned before. Yeah. And then Warrior, uh, who was cut down before uh, mass-wise and kind of bulking up again. That might be issues. Uh, but, yeah, these guys are like, man, they're on... They're on the path for it's like it's like Warrior and Hogan, you know. Yeah. They're they're trying to reimagine that for yes. SummerSlam. Yes, I could see. I could definitely see that in the in the in the hype for this for sure, um, because even Hogan and Warrior, they had some outside forces that that caused some of the issues that they that led to their showdown. Um, you know the the stu- the issues with Mister Perfect and the Genius, and then eventually Earthquake and Dino Bravos. You know, mm-hmm. along the build up for that match. So yeah, I could definitely kind of see um, a little Hogan Warrior comparison here. Um, but yeah, overall, I thought it was a solid s- solid recap, um, hyping up your your top program um, heading into SummerSlam. Um, we go to commercial and come back. And it's Papa Shango. Basically, uh, he's making quick work of Scott Taylor, a.k.a. Scotty Too Hot. He defeats him with a shoulder breaker. And uh, throughout the course of this match, the announcers basically don't they don't talk about this match. They, 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 they discuss Mr. Perfect's role at SummerSlam. Um, I mean, I don't see any reason why they needed to talk about this match. But uh, yeah. what, they, what they did emphasize was what took place post-match as we saw Papa Shango um, Beat down Scotty too hottie with this voodoo stick, even breaking Dude, it. Dude, he broke it on yeah, him. Yeah. Broke it on him. Um, tosses a few referees out to the floor, and then out of nowhere, Bret Hart makes the save. And Yeah, he chokes him. This is what I was talking about earlier, where I think like we were at the end of our our first set of tapings with the um with the with the six man tag match, yep. and now we're at the beginning slash, like we're gonna end our tapings with Brett. How like they were just like, oh shit, we have one week to go. We need to book. We need to book Brett strong. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it. I can. Now that you explain it like that, I can definitely see the rationale behind that move. But um, it was rather strange because you know, as as a fan and watching, you know recapping the show the timeline of events it's you know issues with Shawn michaels issues with davy now issues with papa shango mm-hmm. um it was just uh it felt like a lot um for bret hart like something you couldn't really keep up with um even though i've been watching every week i feel like you know i might have missed something because now all of a sudden he's got an issue with papa shango but um nonetheless uh it got a strong reaction from the crowd so i mean you know at the end of the day it it, it helped make Brett yeah. look stronger. Um, he puts Shango in the sleeper hold and then Taylor is able to escape. Yep. Yeah. The referees pull him out and it looked like, and basically I think, you know, we're kind of foreshadowing what's to come, you know, after SummerSlam with Papa Shango and Bret Hart. Um, we get to the event center with Sean Mooney. Sean and, Mooney. Um, we got a couple of green screen promos from Money Incorporated and the LOD hyping up their SummerSlam match. Money Incorporated uh, basically uh, you know, tell us they want to be the champions again, and this victory over the LOD helps them get there. And uh, the LOD basically just tell the Money Inc. that they don't like them. And, yeah, uh, plain you know, and that, simple. Yeah, yeah, short and sweet and to the point. And that's really about it. Um, that that was that was the hype for their uh, for their SummerSlam match. Um, 
because there was pretty much no steam behind the announcement that these two are wrestling at SummerSlam. So, like I said, the strange booking that the SummerSlam card has uh, gone through in the last several weeks that we've discussed here on uh, Swerve, Weekend bro. Warriors. What? Yeah, Swerve, bro. Yeah. So what we're going to do, we're going to have a six-man mixed tag team match. It's going to be Money, Inc. and Jimmy Hart against the Road Warriors and Rocco with Paul Ellering in their corner. We're going to have the finish, bro. It's going to be a swerve. We're going to have Rocco do an Oklahoma roll on DiBiase, and the referee's going to go for the count, and then Ellering is going to pull the ref out and be like, no, bro, it's a <laughs> swerve. Rocco, you do not get one over on me, bro. That's the finish, bro. Nice. Yeah. Well, Dave, like, I, I don't want to be long-winded, but, like, I, I think we, we thought what was happening at SummerSlam would be Warrior and maybe Sid, uh, Papa Shango, and maybe War. Actually, I'm sorry, Papa Shango and maybe Warrior, unless Sid interfered. Ultimate Warrior, I'm sorry, Undertaker and Berserker. Yep. Um, Tatanka and Rick Martel. Yep. Uh, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Yep. Um, Bulldog and Repo Man. Yep. Um, Beverly Brothers and LOD. Natural Disasters and Money Inc. Um, if we would have that card, wouldn't Survivor Series kind of look a lot better? Uh, you're also forgetting too, Savage and Flair. The rematch. yes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, yes, it's okay. Which okay. could have been well done in a cage, where you have um, where you have outside cornermen, maybe like perfect. And then who's the cornerman for Macho Man? He doesn't show up until the last minute, and it's Warrior yeah. or Sid. You know, I or, I don't. Know. Or I kind of talked about it on my show. Um, uh, you know, I'm sure Hulk Hogan got a phone call from Vince McMahon to try oh, and be I'm, a part of the SummerSlam. Imagine, you know, Hogan playing second to Savage and offering to be in his corner um, to make sure Mr. Perfect doesn't get involved in the cage match. Um, yeah. You know, that's something that, you know, I, I, my, my brother kind of brought up a great point that, you know, Anything Hogan w- could have done on this card would have had to have been the main event because it because absolutely he would have overshadowed everything else if you put him on you okay. know, middle of the card or second okay. to last. Savage, or Savage, and Savage and Hogan against Warrior and Sid. Maybe I don't know. At SummerSlam, Warrior and Sid yeah. as a team. Yeah, maybe. Hogan and Savage? Know. I don't know. I, yeah. Or, like, split those up. Split the difference. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, Warrior did get cursed by Papa Shango, so, I mean, maybe it could have turned him yeah, into an evil person. Finish, yeah, he needed to yeah. finish that feud. But, yeah. yeah, this was just a weird time. But, all right, back to the review. We go back to yeah. a commercial. And it's yeah, we go back to a commercial, and then there's a, um, a pre-tape interview of... Uh, of of uh, Jimmy Hart um, on Primetime Wrestling with Mean Gene Oakland. Baby! And uh, he's he's pretty excited because he, he's just announced that um, he got the Nasty Boys a match to face uh, the Ultimate Warrior and Macho Man Randy Savage on the SummerSlam Spectacular on the USA Which Network. Awesome. 
um, yeah, which which you know was a pr- pretty big announcement. Gene sold it like holy cow! Like these two guys are going to team together, and they got so much heat with each other. My favorite part of this whole thing is, is <laughs> Mean Gene Oakland's reading glasses. He looks like he uh, he purchased them at Sally Jesse Raphael's garage sale. I mean, those I are was, my grandmother's readers. <laughs> Uh, he First stole all, my fucking grandmother's readers. Wear glasses in all of his life. Those are read readers. Something. They're not glasses. And, but, and but, old people will tell you a clear difference. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I'll make sure I don't have this discussion with my grandmother when she puts her glasses on when she goes to pay the bill. Her, her readers, yeah. goddammit. Yeah, I know. Seriously, yeah. No, she, she wears glasses, but um, and so do I. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, I just found that to be pretty funny that Oakland put these glasses on to read the contract. Um, but he had never worn glasses before that, so that was interesting. And uh, pretty, pretty, you know, once again, another piece to this puzzle here with Savage and Warrior and their rivalry and it being the centerpiece of this show as they build towards SummerSlam. What did you think of it? I, I liked it. Um, mm-hmm. And I really wanted to watch the SummerSlam spectacular which i didn't know that there was a 1991 edition as well and there's a 1993 edition as well on youtube actually you can you can find the 93 edition on the network in the hidden gem section it's headlined with the steiner brothers against money incorporated in a cage for the tag team titles what you can find 93 and 94 on the hidden gems portion of the wwe network right now thank you dave thank you you are welcome i was scrolling through it the other day yeah, that might. Yeah, that maybe that could be a point five episode. Point fivers. Yeah, Here we point, go. Yeah, point fivers. Maybe previewing uh, some premium content that uh, our listeners may have to pay some cashish for. Uh, who exactly. Knows? Some someday. Someday. Um, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Not not putting the cart before the horse. Um, <laughs> up next, we have Crush as he uh, he destroys the the hopes and dreams of one Jeff Daniels, who is not the guy from uh, not the guy from uh, Dumb and Dumber. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. Certain. No. Not that Jeff Daniels. Um, but this Perry Jeff Daniels Saturn. was played by Perry Saturn, which um, which I which, which he I had was, a different name in our past episode of Marking Out the Days. Yeah, I guess he was trying out job names. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't know what that was all about, but that was uh, that, that was interesting. Uh, he, he was he was rocking a pretty sweet mullet, you know, the kind mm-hmm. of mullet that look, you know, that, that that a guy that takes the tickets at the county fair and the Lasertron ride would be sporting. But um, Lasertron, I know yeah. that guy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, look at you. You got that reference. There you go. I'm here all week. Um, but yeah, I didn't. Uh, this is nothing to see here. Uh, yeah. l- let's move on to another. How event. does the match end, Dave? How does the match end? Um, to be quite honest with you, um, <laughs> it, it didn't end fucking soon enough. Um, but the kids are like signaling for the squash, the head squash. Like how like like. That's so I, I guess it was lackluster over. of a finish, you know. Yeah. Squeeze yeah. your head like pop it like a fucking pimple. Yeah, that's right. yeah, that's 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 great stuff. Yeah, fucking looks like a walking Fanta soda bottle. Um, we get another event center like we needed any more of those on the show with another green screen promo from both the Beverly brothers Mooney. and the Natural Disasters. That's right, Sean Mooney, part of this one as always. Who else would be a part of the event center? Um, Beverly brothers basically tell us they're privileged and they will take the gold. And the Natural Disasters, they're not coming to London to lose those titles. Uh, Sounds familiar. Yes, I was just going to say that sounded very familiar. Like another individual made it, made a similar statement like that on last week's episode. Um, and once again, can we can we discuss how the Beverly Brothers were 
in contention for these tag team titles. Who I did they guess because they beat all those jobber matches and then painted their faces and yeah. then they never faced LOD. What the yeah. fuck is going on? I know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like I said, Vince must have got thrown in the pool and his booking sheets went. And went Remember, away. we talked. Yeah, he, yeah, they got they got drenched and then he found the books a week later and was yeah. like, "Ah, shit! I mixed them all up." <laughs> Patterson, who wrote this? Undertaker versus the Black Lion. <laughs> Oh, Coming God. up next, we have Razor Ramon beating the shit out of Tony Roy. Hey, um, McMahon, he talks mm-hmm. over this match, um, still hyping up more Savage and Warrior, um, which I thought was, uh, I didn't think it was appropriate in this sense because Razor Ramon seemed to be a serious character that they were pushing, and I didn't yeah. think that, you know, they, they had plenty of other opportunities to talk over other matches with what they, they should have talked over fucking crushing um, uh, Jeff Daniels, Perry Saturn with the, with, with the yeah. hype for warrior and savage, but they decided to do it during the razor Ramon match. The guy you're trying to build. Um, I know perfect is hitting the main every oh, time yeah. he can. He's it's because it he knows razor and they were former AWA tag team champions together right. and they have a long history and then they will have a history in the next coming year or yep. the next couple months actually yes. in WWF which we will actually cover on Mark oh, yes. days yes, which is cool will. because all right keep in keep it keep in line like everything that he says about him here and then he'll have to switch up his commentary soon so Mr. Perfect does a great job of keeping it in context and so, keeping uh, the story are you telling us that we are going to cover Survivor Series 1992? I, I think we will. We'll get there. Okay. Are you we going to like we'll cover to. long form like this, or are we going to be watching it? What's 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 the oh, deal? Oh, what whatever the about? fans want. Fans can okay. vote. All right. Well, yeah, we'll we'll put a poll up. Yeah, because that's that that Survivor Series is interesting, and I actually I've actually been lately when I've been doing the schedule for my own show, I've been toying with the idea of of. Uh, of coming up with a, 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 a different concept and centering around that particular Survivor Series event. But, yeah. Either or is good with me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. But um, anyhow, yeah. So um, Razor wins with the Razor's Edge. Um, <sighs> they still hadn't given it a, a name. They just basically said it was an impressive looking No man. Yeah. No no name for the Finnish man. Um and then we get a pre-tape interview with Bruce Hart in his backyard wrestling ring at the Hart home. Um, he reminds us all that he's Brett's brother, even though it said it at the bottom of the screen. Thanks, Bruce. And he respects all the achievements um, that Brett has accomplished, but he's sick and tired of hearing about what Brett has accomplished. Uh, he mentions that Davy Boy is a great wrestler in his own right. Now, mind you, He's wearing a British Bulldog Davy Boy Smith T-shirt, um, and then Bruce says Br- Brett's ego get, might get in the way of doing his best at SummerSlam. Um, I, it sounded to me like Bruce was Br- Bruce was cutting a promo like he needed a job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he was like, uh, Vince, this is my uh, this is my audition. demo. Yeah, his audition. Yeah, what the fuck, man? Like, this is my real. Like, you would have no. you you would have thought Bruce was going to be in the match. Yeah. yeah, terrible. I hated it. So yeah, I, I wasn't. I mean, it, I wasn't a fan. I mean, but it, I, it added drama, but I hate him. Like you said, like he just <laughs> his hair, oh, his God. goddamn oh. jacket, his 
the sitting in that fucking ring. Yeah. Like, no. Just go away, Bruce. Yeah. I'm sorry. Least, yeah. No, no, no. I, I get you. I mean, he's got a haircut that makes a gas station attendant look like a fucking supermodel. Um, <laughs> for real. I'm serious, man. Uh, it, oh, God. Um, speaking of Brett, he's out next as he defeats Richie Rich. Mm. Uh, that's a great job, her name. Couldn't come up with something any better. I mean, at least fucking Perry Saturn was toying around with different names. He came up with Jeff Daniels. At least he's a fucking real movie star. Not some fictional comic book character that these fucking assholes decided to to to, to use for next his up, gimmick. Next up, Clark Kent. Yeah, for real. Like, and accompanied by Lois Lane. You know what I mean? Like, come on, what the fuck? Like... Might as well just fucking call the show the Marvel DC Comics Universe of Wrestling. Like, what the fuck? Stupid. Anyhow. Hey, you um, remember, remember when Bray Wyatt was Bruce Wayne? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or when Hulk Hogan was Mr. America? Oops. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but anyhow, yeah, nothing really to see here um, with with, uh, with 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 Brett in terms of the in ring action. Um, he wins with the sharpshooter, but the, the 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 noteworthy moment of noteworthy moments of the segment was the picture in picture promo from Owen Hart, um, mm-hmm. basically you know, telling us that he's gonna he chooses Brett to win. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe that this was the first time that they acknowledged that Owen was a member of the family, that he was related yes. to Brett on TV, um, at least in, on this timeline on Superstars, as far as yeah, I can tell. Yeah, I think maybe on prior shows they might have, like, referenced, like, Owen Hart, the brother of Brett, you know, yeah. like, while he was with Coco Beware. and Yeah. Uh, yeah, when he was in that tag team, Reading Rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> Reading Rainbow! <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that picture I tagged you in about yes. the High Energy t-shirt? Loved it. Loved yeah. It. Name yeah. the tag team, and it's just the picture of No, the uh, t-shirt. The, the, yeah, yeah. No, that that was a meme, but the t-shirt. Oh, that sorry. The, yeah, no. you can. Yeah, there's a t- There's a high-energy t-shirt that some these guys on Instagram make. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. I think nice. I'll be your Christmas gift. I'll get it for oh, you. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll have a, I'll have a stripper, stripper gram come to your front door and be like, high energy. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. But yeah, keep, I think this is. Keep I, it in right. 90s. Uh, you yeah, know. it's the first time Owen is like, um, t- like nationally known as like his brother. Brother's it's like yeah, I'm yeah. his brother too, yeah. not the ugly guy. Um, <laughs> you not know, the janitor sitting in our driveway on our ring. <laughs> right. Yeah. Kick that guy out of the fucking driveway, Dad. <laughs> Dad, is somebody looking for work again? <laughs> yeah. You know how many people live on this driveway. Yeah. yeah, you know, I told him, uh, you know, if he cleaned the ring, that uh, maybe Vince would give him a job, but uh, you know, he, he can't even do that. So, uh, you know, he's going to go make some sandwiches. But, uh, um, and the, another noteworthy moment of this segment was when Papa Shango came out in the, mm-hmm. the, the one aisle way that goes back and forth with his smoking skull. Um, Brett seemed to ignore him, and um, they alluded to Papa Shango putting a curse on the hitman, but uh, Brett managed to win the match, and nothing happened. So I guess his fucking curse didn't happen after all. Um, We'll see. Come yeah. SummerSlam. Yeah, come SummerSlam. Speaking of SummerSlam, we get a SummerSlam report with Gene Min. Um, 
He runs down the card. We get to a Davy Boy promo, and in his broken fucking English, he says he's coming to SummerSlam and win to win the title, and he's gonna. And the family needs to stay out of it. It's between the two of them. Um, and then Okerlund continues to run down the card with the tag title match and clips from last week's superstars with Kamala and uh, the Undertaker incident and. Um, he says, talk about stairs and glares. What's going to happen when the jungle meets the graveyard? Mm. Um, yeah, that wasn't racially charged. That wasn't a racially charged comment, if there ever was one. When uh, the ghetto meets the Black Knight. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. What? Um, and then we get a promo from Harvey Whippleman, basically, you know, just yelling out a bunch of nonsense. And, you know, uh, Paul Bear, you, uh, you, you signed your Undertaker's death warrant. And you, Kamala and you know, being Kamala, <laughs> kimchi, you know, can't keep him under control because, uh, you know, it's just, you know, kimchi's role is to do his job. And kimchi was probably the worst fucking zookeeper I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, um, yeah. And then we get a Taker and uh, Paul Bearer uh, promo and uh, Taker basically tells us, Kamala, your fate is sealed. SummerSlam. Don't look death in the eyes. And then uh, Gene continues to run down the card, telling us to don't miss out. We'll call your cable company on pay-per-view, et cetera, et cetera. Um, more SummerSlam pl- plugging. Um, up next, after we come back from commercial break, Nails. Um, he's in action as he violates John Armstrong <laughs> with a yeah. series of chokes, nostril pulls, and other stuff that the referee should have disqualified him for. Um, then we get Terrible. a... Um, yeah, we get a, a, a god-awful picture-in-picture promo from Virgil that would make Stephen Hawking sound like Roddy Piper. Nails, do want, do want to nails before nails dove on to you because I'm too legit to quit. That's right, baby. Yeah, wow, that's, a, that's, that's your best Virgil you've ever done. That's the best Virgil ever. You do Virgil better than Virgil. I mean, Virgil yeah. doesn't do anything good. Um, <laughs> Just you know, punch myself in the face a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> you go, go take your eight by tens and go to the subway in New York City and start charging fucking twenty bucks to everyone to to to, to get a picture signed with you, like that fucking asshole does. Um, Nails wins. Surprising, shocking. Yeah, here's um, another one that we missed. Nails against Big Boss Man. Why isn't that happening? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because they're gonna save it for that classic nightstick match they had at Survivor Series. Mm. Um, yeah, um, more, you know, more hype for nails here as he, you know, gives him a post-match beat down, um, with the nightstick referees try to stop it. Um, and then Vince, um, you know, Vince gets offended on commentary. He says, you know, nails doesn't belong in the WWF or society. Okay. Uh, yeah. So who the fuck signed who? his check and who gave him gainful employment into the World Wrestling Federation? Hey, boss, what's up? I thought because he was uh, in prison, he liked, uh, you know, prison stuff. <laughs> oh, I forgot. He's not an employee. He's a yeah. he's he's a um, uh, what do they call those? Uh, the the uh, 1099. He's a yeah. Um, he's a independent contractor. Independent contractor. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why. That's why Vince didn't get any of his references in the interview. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why not have one more event center to close this superstar? Sean Mooney. That's right. Sean Mooney. We got another green screen promo from Berserker and Mr. Fuji, and Fuji tells <laughs> to talk. 
that you're oh. a very sorry Indian come SummerSlam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Tatanka, you're going to be a very sorry Indian come SummerSlam. <laughs> I just wish I had him while I'm cooking dinner, you know, like doing Fuji. stuff. And he's just, yeah, and he's just like, oh, 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 oh. Every yeah. time I'm doing something. Your spaghetti. Need more salt. No <laughs> yeah. And then Berserker says, just like his opponents, he's going to throw Tatanka out of Wembley Stadium. Another green screen promo, this time from Bret Hart, who, uh, you know, keeps within the timeline and addresses the Papa Shango incident, which I thought was interesting because a lot of times mm-hmm. those those green screen promos don't necessarily, um, you know, match up with... Uh, what we're seeing on the program. Like I said, and, last last superstars before SummerSlam, they had to sync everything up and they had to really go for it. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. Yeah, that was wild. Um, but yeah, he addresses uh, Papa Shango and uh, tells, you know, basically says, you know, I'm going to ignore you, dude, because, uh, you know, you know, I, I got I got business with the Bulldog at SummerSlam. So, I got uh, a bunch of bullshit to settle. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta carry my crackhead brother-in-law to a five-star match. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I got yeah. Anvil waking him out of a fucking drunken stupor, <laughs> putting him on a plane and propping him up so he can get his fucking ass to fucking Wembley, Jesus. so I can get my goddamn raise. And then we close the show with a pre-tape promo from the Nasty Boys telling Macho Man and Warrior that they're going to go to Nastyville. Um, Perfect and Vince preview um, that match. And then they close out this edition of Superstars, basically um, hyping up the SummerSlam Spectacular. What did you think of this episode of WWF Superstars? Great way to close it out. Um, Like a go-home show for SummerSlam. I really look forward to SummerSlam. Um... Yeah, I like the six-man tag. I I could have done that at the end, um, and then mixed it up a little bit with the um, this the uh, the booking of the show. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Overall, a great show. Okay. Cool, cool. Good what about stuff. you? Yeah. I thought it was I thought it was a fun show. I mean, there was some pretty noteworthy stuff, and I like how they, it, for the most part, they centered this show around the controversy with the Warrior and Savage heading into their title match and the whole Mr. Perfect mystery. Um, Absolutely. They set the tone for it early on, and they slowly positioned it throughout the show um, with the promos and then the Jimmy Hart reveal, and, you know, it was yeah, – I thought it was well done. Um and like you, I would have put the six-man tag on last, but um, I, you know, like you said, it could have been like a um, a post-production edit, and it might have been the main event of a taping from the night prior, or you know, whatever the case yeah. is. So I'm um, thinking that. Yeah, that's yeah, that seems that seems with the ideal. Bret Hart, definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that seems very ideal at the time. Um, all right, let's go to. Uh, WTBS 605, WCW Saturday Night from the same date, August the 22nd, 1992. Um, and what the first thing I noticed about this show was that it wasn't a fucking hour and a half. Oh, my God. I know. And I was like, God damn it. Dave's taking notes, and it's a 40-minute fucking episode. This lucky <laughs> bastard. This motherfucker. Hey, listen. I've been taking, I've been taking notes when this shit was fucking two hours, too. I, know, I was like, I son of a bitch. I was like, but I was like, oh. Hallelujah. 
couldn't believe it. But yeah. um, so we opened this show with clips of the Rick Rude Nikita Koloff match from the Omni. Um, with JR over, over, you know, dubbing over the uh, the voiceover um, and foreshadowing that we're going to see more footage of this match um, on the program on Saturday night was Medusa banned from ringside. Um, we see a female police officer kick Nikita in the head. With more on that to be discussed later in the broadcast. And then we got the... Yeah, definitely uh, looked like her. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it wasn't fucking Cagney or Lacey, that's for sure. But... Um, <laughs> You know, uh, that's an 80s reference. Um, but it was a um, it, it was it was it was clear as day. And we'll see it, you know, later on when we would discuss it further. But uh, the show opens with uh, Jim Ross and Michael Hayes. And Michael Hayes says this thing, you know, you know, you know, you don't know how dangerous Jake the Snake is. He is dangerous. I know him and you don't. And then uh, he advises Cactus Jack to, you know, you better prepare for Vader at the September clash because Vader's got something. He gonna get it, mm-hmm. whatever that means. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that means. I mean, I'm sure Michael Hayes has got something that he's gotten a long time ago from some fucking Listen, rat. Vader owed me an eight ball since yeah. last month, <laughs> yeah. and he gonna give me something. Yeah, come to class. Yeah, he he better I have hear, my cash. I'm telling you right now, I hear them little jingle jangles of the pills in his <laughs> fucking fanny pack when he's walking down the hallway with Harley Race smoking that extra long Salem cigarette, okay? I tell Harley all the time, I said, your boy Vader better not pull out on me. And Harley says, what's your finish, kid? I'll move. <sighs> <laughs> Love it. So, Love it. um. Yeah, that pretty much uh, sets the tone for uh, what, what's to come here on Saturday night. The action kicks off with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat against Scotty Flamingo. Um, you and I both like this match. Yes, I was not. You know, I've not been a fan of Scotty Flamingo on these WCW Saturday nights. Maybe because I just love the Raven character so much, and it's it like same. I, I same. feel I feel bad for Scott Levy that he had to portray this fucking god awful persona He's coming but, into um, the business but as well i think jr gives him credit on the uh commentary as well he says since this young man has lost the title i think he's got a little fight and fire underneath him yeah and and even michael hayes said he goes this the losing the light heavyweight title could be the yep. best thing for him it exactly. could have been the best thing for him you know just like when 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 i broke up from terry and 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 buddy and i matched up with jimmy it was the best thing for me because i had one less person to share my cocaine with um, <laughs> uh, but anyhow um no it's i i was surprised at how much steamboat gave flamingo and made him look like a credible opponent in this Absolutely. match that was what surprised me more than anything, and and you know with with the the headlocks and you know Steamboat full, was a giving man, yeah. at, around this time, honestly. Yeah. And no, he, I you mean you're, you're thinking the right. guys that he's giving to is like Pillman, Austin, Raven. Uh, yeah. I mean, fuck. We can. I mean, uh, Koloff, Rick Rude. I mean, we can go on like, but yep. like the future stars is what yeah. I'm really talking about. Dustin as well. Oh yeah. I mean, it was it, he. He he certainly made Flamingo. He he made me forget the Flamingo. If if Hayes wouldn't shut the fuck up about the light heavyweight division, he made me forget that that Flamingo was a light heavyweight. And just by allowing you know Scotty Flamingo to get the advantage on him, um, it was a um, like I said, it was a pretty good back and forth match. Um, Flamingo had worked on the ribs for a little bit that were taped up, um, including a body Which scissors. Which was great, and he rips off the, the 
the mid-tape section the as bandage, well. Yeah. Steamboat. Yeah, and then uh, eventually uh, Steamboat comes back with some kicks and chops and a second rope crossbody, um, which then he turned into a cradle pin for a very anticlimactic victory. I know. Um, Did you think that the the ending was supposed to be the crossbody into a pin? I don't know if that was the, it. My first my first thought when I saw that was maybe Steamboat was selling the rib the the, the attack on the ribs and he couldn't he couldn't climb up the top rope. You know what I mean? And he was like, well, "Fuck it, I'll just I'll just do this now." Um, but maybe maybe it was designed to be a different finish, and he just called an audible, and that's what happened. I don't know. I really don't know to be honest with you. But what I found weird at the end was that uh, Jr. basically kicked Michael Hayes off a of commentary and said, "Told him he'd see him tomorrow on the main event," and then uh, we went to commercial break. Um, then we came back from commercial break and we saw JR interviewing Cactus Jack, hyping up his Clash of Champions title match with Ron Simmons. Yeah. Um, and we see, you know, Cactus kind of uh, foreshadow his issues with Vader, uh, discussing the destruction that Vader has um, laid upon the, the, the talent in the locker room in WCW at this time. Um, but he reminds us that, um, you know, Simmons, if he happens to escape over Vader, that he's in for the fight of his life. And, uh, you know, I, I thought this was a good interview from Cactus Jack. I thought it, it, it kind of covered all bases and, you know, didn't it, it made us it reminded us that Vader's still in the hunt for the championship, even though Cactus is signed. So it, it, it kind of gave you some realistic um, scenarios that, you know, if Vader beats you know Simmons, he's got cactus at Clash, so uh, I thought it was a I thought it was a good way to you know and kind of tease a little bit something that would happen with them down the line in the coming months. What did you think about this promo? I liked it a lot. Um, it was definitely like a coming out party for Cactus. Not that he hasn't come out before, but watching him on Marking Out the Days, this is the best promo that I've seen from him. Rather than falling face first on the floor and busting through crate. that crate. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, that's still one of my favorites. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good. It was. <laughs> that's it a was way to prove stuff. a point. But uh, yeah. yeah, this one was great, man. He, he told a story about like what could happen with Ron Simmons against him or Vader and what happened before with him and Ron Simmons. And yeah. uh, that he's not willing to give up, and he is a vicious heel, and I can't wait for September September the second. That's right. Which, by the way, uh, you and I on kicking out at two just recently recorded that episode that we're going to be covering. We're going to be doing a special watch Baby! party on kicking out at two of Clash of the Champions 20. 20 years on TBS. One of my favorite Clash of Champions events that I watched way back when I was a kid. Kobe and I sit down and we discuss uh, all the comings and goings in WCW at that time while we watch that event from start to finish on the WWE Network. So be on the lookout for that in actually two weeks, I should say, in two weeks' time. Uh, spoiler alert, we recorded it early just because I had some extra time in my hands and I'd love to talk podcast I'll talk wrestling on podcasts if you didn't already know um, but yeah we go to commercial and come or I'm sorry do we go to commercial here no maybe we don't no, we um, go straight to the match go straight to the match Jake the snake and Marcus Alexander shaved my back very like a, well who Judy. looks like a very young boy yes yes like like Judy was shaving his face amongst other things um, his uh, Jake's music, uh, we talked about it last week, uh, sounded like some uh, WWE Network dubbed over um, mm -hmm. bullshit. Uh, 
Why did he step over the top rope like he was Andre the Giant? It was weird, but he is huge compared to this 18-foot ring, which is not a 20-foot ring. Yes. And then as also compared to Marcus Alexander Bagwell, which I'm like, wow, he was that small at the time. And they comment on the match as well. Like Jim Ross says, as like lean and mean as you can be and as buff as you can be, you know, like you, you, you still can't stop Jake. You know, whoever yeah. was on the commentary as well was like putting Jake over because Cactus. how big, yeah, because how big he was. And yeah. I think that's that's part of the thing of like old school wrestlers and football players. These guys were huge. Yep. You don't like you don't fathom like, yeah, nowadays, like you could have a 14 year old that's seven foot tall and he's a freak because of yeah. these hormones. But back in the day. Big dudes were the fucking like epitome of everything. My, my, my grandfather, my like Kobe Senior. I'm Kobe the third. My grandfather, he was six foot six, and he oh, was wow. a big, big redhead dude, yep. and he was like uh, known as a giant back in the day. Uh, and that's not big now, you know. But uh, no. to stature not, not back in, in the sixties, yeah, sixties yeah, and seventies, yeah, you're a big. You're a big dude, like six foot or taller, you know? And Dave, you're a big dude as well, right? Yeah, I'm 6'2". Um, right, but yeah. I mean, so you know, in the I'm six world, foot, yeah. In the, in the wrestling world, that's average, but, you know, I mean... You and I time, are jobbers. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. We're, yeah, we're enhancement talent, you know, with, with, right. with names like Richie Rich and Jeff Daniels. Um, but, um, yeah, it, 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 that's, you know what? I didn't think of that when you when when you when you mentioned it, but you know now you make a great point. Why he stepped over the top rope? Yeah, I could I could kind of see that. Um, what you think of the match overall? He Jake wins with the DDT, punches, punches, a lot of hammering to the neck, but a lot of methodical stuff from Jake, mm-hmm. and uh, ga- gave a, a decent showing for uh, Bagwell, and then he just finishes him off with the cl- with the DDT, which he invented. You know, like yep. you, you can't get any better than that. No. Um, he uh, cuts a post-match promo with JR, and he basically uh, says, Sting, I'm going to treat you like a woman. Mm. Um, I'll treat you nice the first time. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll treat you nice the second time, but the third time I'm going to treat you like trash. Uh, as they, as they, uh, they show clips of uh, his uh, debut when he attacks Sting uh, a few weeks prior. Um, then he discusses. He on the chair. Yes, and then he pulls the cross out and lays it over Sting's body. That was what got me the most, especially when I was a kid. I was like, what does the cross have to do with it? Even as a kid, I was like, what's he doing with this cross? Jake, that mentality. And even like, I'll treat you like a woman. The first, like, as a kid, I was like, what does he mean by like. And now, as I'm I'm an adult, I'm like, he's a scumbag. (laughs) He is a scumbag. And he is like, he's perfect at it. You know, like. Man, like the first time, <laughs> it'll be nice. Second time, maybe. Third time, I'll treat you like trash. Yeah. Like fuck, man. Like yeah. that's so good. Like, yeah, no, and he's gonna have it. some encounters with Sting, which I wish they would get to that point of like multiple encounters of Sting. Like, yes, we're gonna cover the uh, Clash of Champions where that that eight man. Uh, elimination tag match and then yep. eventually they'll have the coal miners match but what happens next yeah 
Yeah, they, 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 they're building to that clash. Um, I know, right? W- with the two of them. And they built that, you know, throughout the course of the show with other matches as well, um, which I thought, you know, just a little sidebar here. I thought the, the buildup for Clash um, was, was pretty solid early on on this show. Um, we, uh, we, we, we go to commercial and come back, and JR uh, is uh, introing footage from that match at the Omni between Rick Rude and Nikita Koloff. Um, it was clipped. It, they didn't show the whole match, but it was a good little back-and-forth match. They showed a good uh, amount of it. Yeah, they did. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was probably about a good five minutes or so, five or six minutes of it. Um, but the crowd in Atlanta, they were super into it. The Omni. Um, Which, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to keep cutting no, you go, off. But no, go ahead. I think, like, now that I've realized what, what goes on is those Sunday night shows, these Omni shows that we're getting to see on the backlog of everything, they're yeah. the Sunday night shows. So we're the watching the Saturday night precursors. So no wonder the show is formed like this. It's a it's a it's a primer show to the next night. You is know, it main to the next or town. Is it worldwide, which which one is it? I don't know what it is, but whatever Sunday night is the show that has those great matches that they keep announcing on our show, and mm-hmm. then they keep previewing. Yeah. Um, our show that we're watching is great. Saturday night is a great show, like I say, but I'm I'm telling you, like they're like, if you watch it now, it's like this is a primer for the next night. You know, it's almost like yeah. if Raw and SmackDown were still connected, you know, and you oh, yeah. had like only twenty superstars on your roster, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, it's interesting because these shows that we're watching now, I feel now that are primers to the Sunday night shows. You know, yeah. they build up feuds as we go. Oh yeah, it's but not maybe, to say that we don't get bad stuff. No, 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 we certainly don't. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of wrestling and a lot of content from WCW during this time period, like we talked about before. There's the Power Hour at you know nine o'clock in the morning on Saturdays. You got the Saturday Night Show, and you know that we're covering now. There's the Sunday main event. There might even be a worldwide show. Like their show, like they their weekend is jammed up with wrestling. Like it's crazy. Right. And at uh, the time, like you said, like you don't you don't catch it all the time. So all the time. All of a sudden, we get to see the crowd going hot for this match that's Rude and Nikita, where we're like, oh, shit, I didn't get to see that. Luckily, they're previewing it again because we don't get oversaturation with social media. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and, and today, if you saw that, it'd be like... uh, 20 seconds later, it'd be a meme on the internet being like, we just fucking saw this match, you know? Right. um, But they show the clip where... uh, um, you know, Medusa nails Nikita in the back of the head while the referee is distracted, and Rude uh, gets the the win with the Rude Awakening. Um, Shivani in commentary points out it's clearly Medusa. Ventura it kind was. of agrees. Ventura's like, well, they Medusa has long hair. This person has short hair. It's like it's clearly up in the hat, you idiot. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He was really Shivani doing his best dummy. Yeah. Exactly, um, and then Jr. Uh, you know hypes up their involvement in that Clash of Champions main event on September the second, and says that there will be a United States title rematch to follow at a date unknown as we go into the commercial break, and then we come back, and uh, this is the portion of the show that I really wish I didn't have to watch. Um, <sighs> Dirty Dick, even Slater with forty and- minutes. 
I know. Like, I was like, what the fuck? Um, Dirty Dick Slater and Greg the Hammer Valentine taking on T.C. Carter, um, who looks like he's cosplaying as Don Magic Wan, and his tag team partner, Chris Sullivan, who is cosplaying as a standard 90s wrestling jobber. No relation to Kevin Sullivan, by the way. Right. Um, I didn't like this match. It sucked. It was boring. No, I, I zoned out. I don't even remember. Like, yeah. Um, you know, it, it was, uh, I was, uh, I was like, why am I wasting my fucking time? I was like, but you know, what? I do got to cover this. I'm like, what if I fast forward it? Maybe Kobe will recap this one. Like, I was like, I can't fucking take this. I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe he'll recap this one. He'll remember this shit. But I was like, no, nah, I fucking, give I me, kept my. Give me I, your only noteworthy thing, though. My only noteworthy thing from this match, well, other than the fact that it yes. fucking sucked, or what about Rhubarb <laughs> Jones, the announcer? First of all, he's named after a pie, yeah. okay? Um, <laughs> and I just noticed this. Like, it just came to me during this match. It happened to be during this match. Of all matches, it came to me. When he announces the winner, he goes, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of this event. This event? No, it's a fucking wrestling <laughs> match, you asshole. It's not an event. It's a wrestling match. <laughs> they won the whole Saturday night, dude. Yeah, the winner of the... Yeah, so so you mean to tell me that Dick Slater <laughs> and Greg Valentine won the entire event? The winner of this event? Rhubarb Jones. Maybe the pie-eating event, you fuck. Yeah. Strawberry rhubarb. Yeah, for All real. Right. Yeah, I'm you. just... It, it, when I, when I say to myself, why did I like WCW in 1992? This was not the reason why. Okay? It wasn't <laughs> yeah, because sure. of this horse shit with fucking old out, <laughs> coked out, fucking broke as a joke. Greg the Hammer Valentine who misses Brutus Beefcake in his assless fucking chaps. And Dirty Dick Slater who looks like he was smothered by a fucking pillow at a truck stop. <laughs> old out, coked out. Greg Van. Dude. For real. I love that. We need to make sure. Old out, coked out. <laughs> yeah. Here, sold got, out, sold out, coked out. Yeah, sold out, coked out. Holy Available shit. Available at ProWrestlingTees.com, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> Then we get a commercial hyping up the Clash of Champions 20 card. And, uh, and yeah. as I'm watching this commercial, half those fucking good matches stuff, didn't even happen on that I card. I know, right? Van so Hammer weird. DDP, where did that fucking match take no, place? You and I watched the whole fucking card. Yeah. yeah. There was like three matches on there that's like, didn't happen, didn't happen. I wonder if there was a Braves baseball game. They had to cut that fucking show They're short, too. They with the flow at the time. Yeah. And then we Fair come example. back from... Come back from the commercial break, and uh, JR introduces Ron Simmons, uh, who comes out to a big pop from all the fucking locals in the area. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he talks about his, ma- his upcoming match with Vader. By the way, he fat shamed Vader, okay? First of all, he's 500 pounds. Yeah, no, you're f- he's 450, dude, all right? He's 450, okay? Well, dude, he's not even. Fu- we talked about it last time. There is no way this man is fucking 350 plus pounds. Who, Vader? Yeah. Yeah, no, he's at least four, 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 four fifty. He's full. No way, he's not even that. He's a big motherfucker. No, he's Dave. I swear to God, this dude is three hundred pounds, maybe. Three hundred, maybe three. Oh my goodness, dude, are you fucking smoking out of the same crack pipe Davy Boy did? Jesus Christ! Uh, I'm just looking at him health wise. Like you're wearing that fucking hipster, the hipster uh, uh, vest or whatever. I don't know. We'll we'll have to check on Vader's weight next week. 
Next week? Okay. We'll, okay. we'll do, we'll do, a, we'll do a, a fucking Richard Simmons sweating to the oldies Weight Watchers <laughs> countdown with Vader next week. We're going to do a weigh-in for a guy who's fucking dead. Um, <laughs> speaking of the dead guy, um, he's up next with Harley Race. Um, he defeats the, the – he Italian beats the fucking – Stromboli. Yeah. Yeah, he fucking – he destroys the cannoli stuffing out of this poor bastard. Um, there's really nothing to see here. Um, yeah. If you've seen one Vader squash, you've seen them all. They don't end well. Um, he wins, and that's the end of it. And, you know, they hype him up for his big match with Ron Simmons at a later date, which they didn't really tell you when. Or did they? No. no I don't think they did. They didn't. No. They just said They're it's coming later, up They're just later, later, yeah. Um, and then our main event, we get Sting defeating mean Mark Canterbury. As if you Which expected is, yeah. a different outcome. Um, one stupid thing I noticed that I thought would be something to mention in this match, because there really wasn't anything else to mention in this match, is Sting forgot to wear his wrist tape. Um, yeah. Which, and you then, know, like, when he faced Seth Rollins years later, really bothered him. <laughs> yeah. So that's why he wears fucking mechanics gloves. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because the tape, yeah, just was hurting his wrists. I um, hated those gloves. Like, I loved them, but then at the same time, when I saw them at Advanced Auto Parts, I was like, why is Sting wearing these gloves? <laughs> you know? You know what I'm I used about? to think they were cool at first, and then, right. you know, then, yeah. Did you like Did you... Joker Sting in TNA? Um, no, I didn't. I didn't, just it... putting that out there right no, now. No, that's fine. I wasn't... All right, let's put it to you this way. Um, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. If Joker Sting came out around the time the bat that Batman movie came out with Heath Ledger, then I think it would have worked. But Maybe. he was a few yeah. years. Sting, he was a few years too late. Sting to me should always be a face. Um, um yeah, I, I I can get behind Maybe. that. He, he's Maybe. not been a good bad Maybe guy. For, I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. But I also right. think, too, that they didn't give him enough chances to be a good bad guy. Like they well, pulled yeah, the, WCW they, they pulled was the flippy cord. floppy. Yeah. yeah. And even when he was in TNA, when he was a part of the, the main event mafia, mm-hmm. yeah, they didn't give him enough opportunities to be to really be a good bad guy. I felt like they just – and he didn't embrace it. So No, he Sting didn't, sucked and bad Kurt guy. Angle took, took over the role, um, which yeah. wasn't a bad angle or match series as well, but – no. We Good won't stuff. get into that, but yeah. Yeah, but that's another day when we decide we're going to spend our fucking nine ninety nine <laughs> oh on the TNA God, app. Yeah. Um, anyhow, um, we have a post-match promo from Sting. He lets us all know he's not afraid of the dark. Thank you. He lets Yikes. us all know he's not afraid of snakes. Thank you once again. And that he's not afraid of Jake. Well, that's good to know. Classic um, Sting, then, though, man. Classic yeah. Sting. Yeah, crowd was into it. Um, he ends the promo by telling Jake to just shut up and do it. So uh, he clearly got that from a Nike ad. And then JR sends us off by calling Rhubarb Jones a good friend. Why? He fucks up ring announcing and he's named after a pie. And that's the end of the show. So that's that That does it this week uh, for WCW Saturday Night. If you were to pick one. Well, first of all, tell me what you thought of this show. Um, I like the show. I like the 40 minutes, like I said, but I, I still feel like they were stretching a lot. Um, but I think the storylines enhanced everything. Um, the wrestling on the show, not as good as Saturday, uh, I mean, Superstars for some reason. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. Superstars surpassed it. Um, I think Superstars wins for the week. 
I'm going to agree with you because I because I think that the 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 importance behind the the hype for SummerSlam was um, increased in this episode. Even though you and I didn't really care for um, some of the booking decisions, um, they were really full throttle with the SummerSlam hype, especially the Savage Warrior stuff being the focal point. And, yeah, and uh, the intertwined storylines throughout the yeah. show. Yeah, so I, I thought I thought it was a better show. So I'm going to agree with you. We're going to go with superstars here as the victor on marking out the days weekend warriors this week. Agreed. And uh, maybe next week, um, Saturday night will be all right. But uh, maybe. we'll see you from there. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? But yeah, no, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, I appreciate you letting me uh, let let me sit in the pilot's chair this week, and uh, uh, you know, drive drive the, the the magic school bus of pro wrestling podcast. This was a lot of fun. Absolutely, anytime. You're welcome to. Um, yeah, this was fun. Everybody, hope you guys join in the fun. As always, you can find Retromania on any podcast app by searching Retromania with a W. That's Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. You can also find Dave over on Kicking Out at Two and our back archive on Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Dave, you want to know, you want to let everybody know where we can find you and what's going on again, and then we'll get out of here. All right, yeah, we got uh, l- last week's show was the Trading Places SummerSlam 2004, a little role reversal, mapping out the trajectories of the winners and losers. You can find that over on the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. My favorites, Brett versus Owen, SummerSlam 94, Steel Cage, Watch Party with Kobe and I. We watched that match from start to finish on WWE Network. You can also find that over on the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network, as well as next week's show, the debut of a brand new concept to kicking out of two, Blind Date diaries where we get to watch or i watch an event that i had never watched before from start to finish and that'll give you a little bit of a recap it's not a watch party but i will give you a comprehensive recap a diary if you will if this blind date went well or if it went straight to hell um and the blind date that i'm referring to is the big event from 1986 from the wwf august the 28th 1986 so be on the lookout for that next week on the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Join the crew over on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two, or on Twitter. Our handle is at kicking out two. Hit that like button on Facebook, give us a follow on Twitter, and be a part of all the nostalgic pro wrestling fun that I'm having over on kicking out at two. Awesome. Thanks, Dave.